0: bloke in the bird show and you know what what a race we had last week at suzuka what okay no actually it was kind of pedestrian (laughs) no there were
1: no pedestrians on the track last week
0: well at least there was that all right i'll give you that (laughs) yeah you know for all that Suzuka is and all the drama that has happened over the years at Suzuka and how much, you know, all the drivers love going to that track because it is such demanding and such a technical track. And we had nothing. It really was relatively, relatively drama free.
1: Okay. It, it had lots of drama and before the race started.
0: Before and after the race well, there, yeah. there was drama during the race itself was fairly drama less except for maybe one driver who kind of took his pacifier and threw it out of the pram <laughs> he again did, he he did have his panties in a
1: knot um do you have the the audio for that
0: I do not. Um, Who we're talking about is Fernando Alonso and his absolute frustration with Honda. And there's been a lot of talk over exactly what his intentions were with his comments, knowing that they were uttered in the home of Honda at the track that Honda owns – and Honda, in the past, when they were in Formula One, was known for bringing out something special for Suzuka.
1: Um, Well, they did bring out something special for Suzuka.
0: A special crapwad?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't I, both cars actually finish this time around?
0: Actually, they may have.
1: See? Woo! At least
0: there was that. Yeah, at least there was that.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so first, what we was Fernando's have,
0: comment? Well, we, we don't have the audio of Mostly Fernando's comments. McLaren, McLaren's radios suck.
1: Yeah. They're, well, they didn't put any money in the radios. Yeah. They're probably using the little handhelds that you use around Disney World.
0: Oh, is that it? <laughs> is the Disney radios?
1: Um, okay, but so what he said was that he was being passed like this was gp like he was driving a GP2 engine. Mm -hmm. and then later on the radio he said this is embarrassing gp2 gp2 yeah um and i think there is (coughs) footage somewhere of him getting out of his car and stomping off like a
0: four-year-old well his his, some of the comments that he had made is the fact that he was able he, he could take these corners perfectly he could come out of them, hit the lines exactly like he needed to, break exactly where he needed to, and then all these other cars and all these other drivers would come up. They'd be braking late. They'd be missing apexes, and then they hit the straights, and they'd take off away from him. And then even if he drove the car perfectly like he claims he was, and he may have been. I don't know. But even if he drove the car perfectly, the car was incapable of being competitive in today's F1.
1: And he may have had a point.
0: Oh, he absolutely had a point. I mean, the amount of money and effort and expertise at both McLaren and Honda should not be producing a car that is this bad.
1: Yes, you're (laughs) right. They should be better than this. That said, he's a professional race car driver, and it's part of his job to not act like a two-year-old.
0: It is, um, but if you'll recall, first off, we've had this behavior from him before. This year, we had it in Montreal. Mm -hmm. However, we also had it last year as well. And because of that, there has been some talk about Fernando's future in general. Now, on Sunday, Alonzo wrote three three tweets with the intention, he said, of being clear. He ended them saying, no one should have any doubt that I have three years with McLaren and my career in F1 will end with this team, hopefully winning everything. However, there are those, and we're talking serious people who are close to the team and close to Alonzo, who think it's a real possibility that Alonzo will walk away from McLaren at the end of the season. If he did, it would almost certainly be the end of his F1 career.
1: Well, and it should be. He's walked away from multi-year contracts before and... I think that this is taking my picking up my toys and taking them home, and you don't feed a temper fit. Well, Uh,
0: okay. Keep this in mind. Unless he and McLaren could come up with some form of termination agreement, he would be unable to return to another team until 2018. He is locked out of F1. At that point, he'd be 37.
1: Okay, so I was reading Cothard's article this this week, mm-hmm. and Cothard, I think, has some special insight to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and his statement about Fernando was, A, those tweets, mm-hmm. he, he declared them to be PRBS. Probably. Because that is Alonzo's PR people trying to smooth over the edges. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, but the other thing was that... His statement was Alonso could leave McLaren, he could pick up his toys and walk home, and he would only lose money, which is not something that's going to bother Alonso much. Yeah, because no one would, he would not lose face or honor because no one would blame him given the car that they gave him. And that that's that was Kothard's take on it is that he has nothing to lose but a little bit of money.
0: Well, the problem is though, okay, one we've got the termination agreement that locks him out of a team but the other question is where is he going to get a competitive car even if he was free nico rosberg's mercedes contract runs out at the end of 2016 the team will not sign alonzo while lewis hamilton is there they were both together at mclaren and that relationship was poison mm-hmm. lewis's deal ends until 2018 Alonso left ferrari last season burned his bridges on the way out the door there Red Bull has turned him down twice in the past two years. So the only other option at this point, as of today, that could remotely put him in a car that could almost be competitive would be if he went to Lotus, because now they have a seat. And is that a better option? Especially what we know, and we're going to talk about in a little bit, with what's going to happen at Lotus. Or what could happen at lotus there's no other competitive seat in f1 that is available to fernando alonso if he walks away from mclaren and he i'm not entirely sure
1: that lotus is going to be a competitive seat next year in 2016 I, ag-
0: I agree which leaves him with no options
1: because the reality is the only ones that are competitive seats mm-hmm the only actual competitive seats. Let's talk about butts on podiums mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You've got Mercedes. Yep, that's a, a walled off world. Mm-hmm. You've got Ferrari has been on the podium this year.
0: He's burned that bridge.
1: Red Bull's been on the podium that y- this year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Williams and Williams has already confirmed their drivers.
0: And Lotus has been on a podium this year.
1: Grosjean was on the. podium. Grosjean
0: got on a podium in Monza.
1: So that's your only spot. Still not. I mean,
0: there, now. There is no seat for him.
1: I'm going to say something that is Fernando Alonso sacrilegious, because everybody seems to think that he's the world's greatest driver that's ever possibly kissed rubber.
0: Hit the road, Jack?
1: No. No. The man's ego is going to get in his own way.
0: It's gotten in his, in his Fernando Alonso's choices when it comes to walking away from a team throughout his entire career has been pretty much piss poor.
1: But it's his own ego that's stopping him. If he wants to know why he's not a third-time world champion, mm-hmm. his ego is in the way.
0: Yeah. Whoa.
1: <laughs> and the other piece of that is, yeah, I I totally hit the road, Fernando Adios.
0: You know, there there are plenty of other drivers who could take that seat.
1: And do something with it. There's a whole slew of young guys that are waiting for a spot.
0: McLaren's got two drivers waiting in the wings that they would love to give seats to.
1: And I think Magnussen would be like, you know, slashing Fernando's tires (laughs) to get him out.
0: Now, the other piece of the McLaren story coming out of this week was the question over jensen's future and we had talked last week that there were rumors that jensen was going to announce his retirement because of comments he made in singapore about how he had pretty much lost the joy of driving and competing in f1 Mm -hmm. um we got word well the end of this week the official stories came out confirming that jensen is remaining with mclaren next year we actually got word at the end of the race in an interview with Ron Dennis and the BBC, and it was a, for, for starters, it was a really long interview for Ron. I mean, normally it's <laughs> these drive-bys; you get a couple of words out of him, and then he's gone. But it was, it was a long interview, and for the most part, it was pretty much understandable.
1: It was understandable, <laughs> and I got to give you a little bit of frank. Yeah, I mean, it was. I've always found Ron's to be a little. Hedgy. Always. And, um, no, this one was kind of upfront
0: But, you know, the, the right. one thing that you've always got to give Ron credit for, and I'm, I'm going off on a slight tangent here, the one thing you've got to always give Ron credit for is that whenever the team is struggling, you never, ever, ever hear Ron Dennis pointing the finger at another team or saying that, you know, this team is dominating too much or anything like that. Ron's response is always we need to work harder we need to do a better job mm-hmm. he never goes and attributes their successes or, or excuse me their struggles on somebody else hey, you got to give him credit for that
1: for anything else you could say about Ron that's a yeah. I think it's a compliment um now I will say this there was a reason why everybody who heard him announce that, McLaren was not going to exercise the option to dismiss Button, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: was skeptical.
0: Yeah, well, to to be clear, loop back because we didn't mention this. Ron came out after the race. The BBC asked him point blank, what is your intention with Jensen? What is going on with him? Is he staying with the team? Are you exercising the option to keep Jensen on next year? And Ron's first answer was, for starters, we do not have an an option on Jensen coming back next year. We have a two-year contract with Jensen, of which he has one year remaining. What the option is, is we have the option to let Jensen go if we wanted to. We do not intend on uh, exercising that option. Jensen is our driver for 2016. Ron then went on to say, I probably told Jensen that... At the wrong time. I told him this on Thursday, and I probably should have told him this on Tuesday, maybe even while we were in Singapore, but I did not do that. And for Ron to admit that what he felt was a mistake, people are saying nobody's ever heard him do that mm. before.
1: <laughs> Obviously, the man has had, you know, something has happened. There's been a life change for Ron <laughs> Dennis. Um, now, again, back to referencing yeah, but... back to Cothard's article. Cothard was talking about the the deal with Jensen and everything, happy that this thing. But everybody took that statement from Ron with a big grain of salt. Because as Cothard said, his dealings with Ron says that until he looks you in the eye and shakes your hand, it's not a done deal. He has more than once gone back on what he has said to make yeah. you think that you didn't hear what you really heard. Um, but the minute he shakes your hand and looks you in the eye and says it's a done deal you could take it as rock solid. And I find that to be an interesting look at Ron. Yeah. Um, And an interesting view from Cothard having had dealt with Ron. um, I think it's a very interesting dynamic that they believe him that Cothard's basically said you don't need paper. If he will shake your hand and look you in the eye, you don't need a piece of paper. It is that rock solid. Mm-hmm. But just to have him go off extro- you know, extemporaneously, you can't believe a word that comes out of his mouth.
0: Well, you know, earlier this year when Ron had come out and said that we're happy with Jensen and we're keeping him and, and we want to – the immediate response that the press had or within the, the following days was, okay, these are all the ways that Ron can say this <laughs> and then do something completely different. <laughs>
1: Like, he's kind of known for it he's very much known for it
0: so the other story of the few that came out from last week at, in suzuka was a lot of people talked about how despite the fact that lewis hamilton was in the lead and nico rosberg w- was dicing for the front mercedes got very little airtime yeah they did very little airtime now honestly i didn't notice it all too much being used to seeing Sebastian Vettel run away with the the races in in 2012 and 2013, and once he got 30 seconds up, it was like he was done. Yeah. So it didn't really catch my eyes. There were some folks on another website who actually did some overall maths (laughs) to determine how much airtime, and I don't know whether it was – based on the U.K. coverage or it was based on the NBC coverage. Although one of the figures that came out from the NBC coverage is that with all the commercials and all the the various teasers that they go off to when they're leading moments in the commercials and stuff like that, there is only about 22 minutes of actual coverage of the race per hour on NBC Sports. Whoa! 22 minutes per hour.
1: Oh, find a way to watch it some other way. You aren't seeing a race if you're watching 22 minutes every hour.
0: Now, to go back to the Mercedes thing, somebody else had timed it. And again, I'm not sure if this was the the UK or NBC Sports coverage, but they said the Mercedes only got about eight minutes Mm. out of the whole race. Eight minutes of coverage. And, you know, Nikki Lauda came out and said that um, all they really got— Well, he said, I have to find out what's going on because it was really strange to me, too. Even a pit stop was missed. We just saw Hamilton going out of the pits. Maybe the guy who's running the show today was replaced by somebody else who never did a Grand Prix transmission. I don't know. But this we have to find out. But it's easy. I asked Bernie, and he will give me for sure an answer.
1: Of course. And if little, short, bad-haired Bernie was standing in front of Niki Lauda and Niki Lauda got in his face, I'm quite sure Bernie will answer.
0: I don't know. But, okay, the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy theory that has been going around has been that Bernie is ticked off over the fact that Mercedes refused to give Red Bull engines. Right. And as a result of that, ordered the silent treatment. Interesting. That, that's the big conspiracy theory. Now, this is not the first time things like this have happened. Um, in Bahrain in 2012, Force India disappeared from qualifying coverage after they had declined to take part in a second practice the previous day. The team had decided to leave the track early, um, and they did this because there was an incident the previous day in which some of, it, some of its personnel were caught up in a gas bomb attack in the country.
1: Oh, Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, they don't. They didn't do any coverage of them during qualifying.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's a. I go both ways on this. There, there's no way to know for sure. Again, they were so far ahead, and. Well, that's there the, was action going on further back.
1: Well, and that's the big question is. How does this compare to the years of Sebastian running away with a race Mm -hmm. and how much airtime did he get? Because I remember many of those races where we didn't watch Sebastian winning.
0: Yeah. so You you caught up with him the last half of his last lap mm -hmm. and maybe a pit stop here and there. Yeah. And that was it. All right. So we're going to go back a little bit.
1: We, we, you, have li- we have a little a wayback machine
0: we have a little follow-up on singapore
1: oh because yes. we
0: had to know what was happening here well singapore grand prix organizers are considering a substantial increase in the number of marshals after our fan intrusion incident um the fia revealed it took just 10 seconds for the person to gain access to the track they did so via an egress point which is a slot in the fencing normally used by marshals and spent around 15 seconds on the track while the race was in progress according to the fia only half of the egress points around the circuit were manned now at first glance this sounds really egregious they only man half this is actually kind of common yeah it's it's completely normal um However, this guy also had to scale a 1.1-meter-high security fence to gain access to the track. Um, The FIA has noted that race organizers are considering plans for the installation of higher spectator fences in the area around the Esplanade Bridge where the intrusion took place.
1: So some of this does sound like we're going to close the barn door after the cows have left, because we're going to increase this around where it happened, but let's look at the total— track too because there could be other options
0: yeah you know that they can put up a higher fence but i'm sure it can be climbed just as easily i mean
1: what did you say a one and a half meter
0: 1.1 meter
1: 1.1 meter you know that's like four feet right
0: yeah
1: (laughs) well well, it's it's a fence
0: that goes on top of the safety wall and the reality is that fence isn't so much there to keep the fans out as as it is to keep the debris in yeah so, I mean, let's look no. at why that's actually fenced in.
1: Yeah, I I realize that. That's like the plexiglass around the hockey rink,
0: yeah. right? So, big news. Big news. Okay, maybe not so big. We, we've we known this is coming. But Renault has officially signed a letter of intent to
1: buy loans. Ugh. Again? This is like becoming... You know well, the bad penny of our podcast. Th-
0: this is this is the the first official acknowledgement that they're going to do something, because in before everything was just rumor and speculation. But this is the first time that we have had something almost concrete from Renault. Oh
1: my word! I mean,
0: let let's face it. This but is not a, a signed contract. This is a letter of intent and. The only reason why I think Renault finally caved in and did this much is because they knew that if they didn't, the team was going to get rolled up and shut down by HMRC at the court case last Monday. Which, by the way, now that there is this official letter of intent, they've been given another 10 weeks.
1: Okay. The problem is, by the time this becomes official, Mm -hmm. everyone will have thought it's beneficial for the past— Four yeah, four months. Yeah. And so they will, It's it will become news that's not news, much like the letter of intent is news that is not news. Yeah. So can we talk about other news?
0: Well, the, the other bit of news is while Renault has signed the letter of intent and gained themselves Pastor Maldonado, they have a vacant seat.
1: Yes, they lost Grosjean.
0: Roman Grosjean has been announced as one of the drivers at Haas in their announcement on Tuesday, but surprisingly, only one driver was announced.
1: Maybe they're only going to field one car.
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Now, Grosjean has come out and said that if this deal had been finalized sooner— or if there had been progress on this deal sooner, he would have stayed with the team. He wanted to drive with Renault. He was would have been happy to drive with Renault. But he did not see that this was moving at a speed that gave him confidence. So he made the decision to move to, um, to Haas. He has also come out and confirmed the speculation that his whole reason for doing this was to get a foot in the door and gain that relationship with Ferrari so that he had a shot at Kimi's seat after next year.
1: And that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, it truly does make good, honest sense for a driver from a business perspective. And the truth of the matter is Lotus, Lotus was in a position of starting to have trouble paying paychecks.
0: so they, they have been for a couple weeks now.
1: And Grosjean doesn't have He's not Crashy McCrasherson. He doesn't <laughs> have
0: to. Malfunctionado. <laughs> Malfunctionado. I like it. I like it.
1: Um, he doesn't have to take it. He can go to a team that can pay him. So and I'm thrilled with Haas for getting him. I mean, that's that's our team, hun.
0: Or, you know, as the Duffel blog announced or, or not the Duffel blog. Sniff Petrol. Sniff Petrol announced earlier this week, Lotus had signed a deal. To go from a crappy team to a crappy team with a crappy engine. Yes. Well, you know, it, it kind of diminishes the investment every time they give the car to Mr. Crashy. <laughs> 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 well, <finish> that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So, the, the, the speculation in me must come out. Let's pretend for a minute. Renault does some engine development over the break because they're going to have to. Lotus does Lotus's magic, whatever they do. Mm-hmm. What happens and how ticked off does Christian Horner get if Lotus beats Red Bull next year in the uh, constructor series?
0: I think he should be. I think, and honestly, I think it serves him right. Mm-hmm. Well and truly, and. This whole engine deal. We can move on to to the Red Bull stuff. That's a pretty good segue there.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> and yes, I ruined the first rule of Segway Club by <laughs> acknowledging the never segue. talk about the Segway. <laughs>
1: My word! But don't worry. Don't worry. People playing the home game. I'll smack him later. <laughs> the
0: the problem I have with all of Red Bull's handling and this is a team and a company that has made billions upon billions of dollars and is run by some fairly smart people what i don't understand is how you put yourself in a position that you are now completely in jeopardy of not having an engine at all how do you turn around and make the move to dump your current engine supplier before getting a guarantee that somebody else will give you engines that just seems like not even a rookie mistake, a stupid mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it really does. I mean, if you're honest about it. and But what I believe happened is that these really smart people, they played chicken and they've
0: lost. Well, they're losing.
1: Right. Well, they haven't lost lost because, I mean, they still have the possibility of a Honda engine.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that well, well w- actually this week there was apparently some meeting between Red Bull and Ferrari but I haven't heard what has come out of that or if anything has come out of it
1: well so I, I joke about this mm-hmm. idea of a Honda engine apparently Toro Rosso needs an engine and because of the, the development cycle The development cycle that occurs, Toro Rosso is going to need that engine locked up before. Well, soon. uh, Red Bull is going to need it locked up. I mean, they both need them soon, but Toro Rosso is at a greater risk if they don't get it locked up first. So there was actually a question posed if Toro Rosso, if Honda could supply Toro Rosso with an engine. At least for Toro Rosso. The yeah. idea being that Honda doesn't have a second customer. Mm-hmm. So that would benefit Honda in a lot of ways. But the second thing being that it would help Toro Rosso have an engine for next yeah. year. Honda says they can't do it. They don't think they can provide an engine that fast.
0: It, it, You know, it doesn't surprise me. There, There is some some tooling and some ramp up. And when you've gone through... What twelve engines in a year?
1: (laughs) Well, it it per car. Which Toro Rosso? You know, Toro Rosso. Which one of the Honda engines do you want? The really bad one, or the really really bad one, or the one that can't turn up because it fails? (laughs) I mean, which one do you want? And then, uh, what's his face from Toro Rosso? Who's their team boss? Um,
0: Franz Tost.
1: Franz. Franz says that taking a Honda engine would be detrimental not to Toro Rosso I mean that's they're just the feeder team for Red Bull that's not a big deal detrimental to the two young drivers that are superstars
0: well yeah
1: (laughs) I mean poor little Max Verstappen he just got his regular driver's license and he's gonna go drive a Civic on the Formula One track?
0: By by the way, while we're on the topic of Max Verstappen, congratulations on your driver's license because, dude, that would have been so embarrassing. It would have been a great story, but it would have been so embarrassing if you didn't get your license. But I've also got to mention our friend Phil. Yes. Who was kind of skeptical and hadn't really followed Formula One until this year, until we got we relaunched the show and started watching because we relaunched the show, and he has apparently gotten far enough in F1 that he posted the story on his <laughs> timeline. So how awesome is that?
1: That is. That is. I, I think that might be your first convert, honey. <laughs> yes. And and my problem, my only problem with the fact that little Maxie is growing up and he's got his own driver's license now is that you You'll lose that young. great story of dad driving him to the track so yeah. he can go be an F1 driver. <laughs> th- that visual was just so awesome. Yeah. Hi, you can't drive yourself to the track, but you can get into basically four wheels and sit on an engine and...
0: Yeah. And drive and drive brilliant at 200 miles. You can take a car on a track at 200 miles an hour, but to drive it at 30 clicks down the local side street. No, nope, sorry, you can't <laughs> do it.
1: You may not drive yourself to high
0: school. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so also, we we speculated that this was a possibility last week that the rumored deal between Volkswagen and Red Bull was going to possibly suffer from the controversies over Volkswagen and their diesel engines? Yep. Well, Christian Horner said last week in Suzuka that the deal is, quote, up in smoke. Yep. So it looks like, at least for the time being, that that is dead.
1: However, Mm -hmm. in the last couple of days, and possibly even within 24 hours of us recording, Mr. Wolf, Toto, to me and you of Mercedes did also come out because apparently he has some special line with the VW higher-ups. He came out and he says that he does not believe that the scandal with VW right now will have any effect on VW's participation in the motorsports they're currently participating in and their advancement in motorsport in the future. So it may delay but not halt the VW process.
0: I don't know, I think it depends on how bad it is. I, I, I could see them pulling out of the British touring cars and the DTC, which is the German touring car. I could see them pulling out of those pieces. It doesn't sound like it's going to have an impact on... Um, they participate in Rallycross, and obviously Audi and Porsche are highly successful in WEC. Which, by the way, there was a story two weeks ago on Audi's approach to auto sports and how it ties into their road car development. And it's one of these things of, they consider it hand in hand. Mm -hmm. A development in one is something that they look to try and exploit in the other, whether it's a development that has come along on the road car side they look for ways that they can exploit it over in the auto sports series. Or if it's something that has come over from autosports, they are looking for ways to exploit it in, in the road car side. But that is a key piece. of they, they view that as part of their overall automotive development and research process.
1: That's way cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I love it when companies, and this is beyond the motorsport thing it's actually been something i've had a conversation about this week when companies take the different what would be silos in your world and start to break them apart and merge them because we do all work towards a common goal Mm -hmm. and I, i think that that's a really cool thing plus i mean we all know that there are things on our cars today that generated out of formula one and why not Speed that process up because you're actively looking for the things that can cross over. I mean, motorsport truly should be the test bed and the groundbreaking things for what we drive every day, which is why, going back to Max, Mm -hmm. it seemed so funny that he could drive what is truly a prototype car, Mm -hmm. but couldn't drive to, you know, go pick up his date on Friday night. (laughs) And I'm sure his dad is so happy not to have to drive him around for those anymore.
0: I could only hope. (laughs) (laughs) This is my
1: dad. (laughs) (laughs) Former world champion.
0: (laughs) But then again, my understanding is the reason why he doesn't have a license is because in Austria, you have to be 18. Right. So it's probably kind of normal in the culture there that... Yeah, dad's taking them on, driving them to, on their dates until they're 18. That's where I was headed with that
1: one. Yeah, no, I, he was not delayed in getting his driver's yeah. license. He he turned 18 and was like the rest of us in the U.S. who turned 16 and go hopping down to the DMV office that day going, give me a license, please.
0: So, yeah. So, the other twist that has come out of the whole Red Bull, Red Bull Toro Rosso engineless fiasco as it is developing is that Pirelli Motorsports Director Paul Hembry has come out and he has said, and, and he's right in this part, that should Toro Rosso and Red Bull pull out of the sport because they don't have an engine, it would weaken the sport in general. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. But he then turned around and said that if this happened, they would have to think very heavily about their future participation within Formula One because of how much it would weaken the sport. Wow. Yeah. Um, He says that, yeah, you know, even if they lose the two teams and you get Haas coming in, Haas is not Red Bull. Haas is not Toro Rosso. Not by a long shot. They may be working towards it and they may get close at some point, but they are not there right now. And won't be for a while. So, you know, those two teams and Red Bull in general bring a lot of money to the sport. Oh, yeah. And and that may be some of what it is, is that he's not sure that um, they could afford Pirelli at that point if, Mm -hmm. you know, the teams walked. I don't know. Interesting. Speaking of Pirelli... It sounds like there is a block of teams within Formula One. Oh, you have something?
1: Not just a block of teams. Okay. A block of top teams. Well, yes. And that's very key.
0: True. Because it's very different from the block of teams that went to the EU this week. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There is a block of top teams that are pushing the FIA and FOM to not uh, take uh, Pirelli's tender for new tires?
1: Well, ultimately, they're actually pushing Bernie, because here's where the situation is right this very second. Mm -hmm. The FIA and FOM have approved both Pirelli and Michelin Tires for both um, worthiness and meeting the the regulations that they need to. Mm -hmm. They have certified that they would be capable of doing it. Right. So, then the next level of the decision is actually for Bernie to write the deal because there is a sponsorship deal that comes with it mm-hmm. and they have to write the money part of it. Yeah. Bill. So, here the problem is Pirelli has delivered exactly the tire that Bernie asked for, which was a high degradation tire to increase the number of pit stops. And it's well known that Bernie has been for manipulating the race for the mm-hmm. show. The Drivers of these top teams, in the light of the uh, Rosberg blowout and the Vettel blowout, mm-hmm. um, both uh, have come out and basically put a stamp on not having faith in the Pirelli tire.
0: And it sounds like Michelin has done some of some prodding as well.
1: And so what what the the drivers have stated is. It's not just that the tires are falling off and then it's high dag and all of that. We all go in knowing that. It's that every time that there's a blowout, particularly at high speeds, they always have the same answer, that it's cuts, it's this, it's that. And it can't always be that answer. And Vettel's been pretty vocal about the fact that, well, they always say that we go off the track. Well, they do always go off the
0: track. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: I mean, that's... That's part of the problem.
0: They also, because these are high dig tires, they don't like the fact that they can't push for more than about two or three laps in a stint. Um, They have to manage them very, very closely. And some of the drivers are saying, at least now privately they are not coming out to the media anymore but they are questioning as to whether or not if the specification was changed to for more durable rubber that they could push harder and didn't need to manage as much they are questioning whether or not pirelli could provide them and has the capability to provide them
1: and that's that's the part b of this now michelin has already promised the drivers that they would be able to push at 100 percent on their tires and not worry how do you do that yeah So tire controversy continues. You know, is it just me? As just a side note, has this season been defined not by the world championship race, but by engines and tires and team drama? Oh definitely. Last year it was all Lewis Rosberg, Lewis Rosberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it was all about the driver's championship that's what we heard the whole season that was the story and lewis has the championship i mean every article i read these days that starts off with lewis hamilton has the championship barring some sort of reliability issue well,
0: well it is essentially lewis's championship to lose at this point i mean that that's mm-hmm. all it is you know if if he keeps on keeping on the way he is he will probably win that championship around, I think, Mexico at this rate.
1: At least 48 points ahead of Rosberg right now. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest drama might happen at the Rosberg-Vettel
0: level. You know, that's what it's looking like. That's what it's looking like. And I believe there's also a very good chance, since there was a 1-2 – uh, in Suzuka, that Mercedes could once again clinch the constructors in Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of teams, and like we said, there was a block of teams that went to the EU this week, Force India and Sauber have, launched, have lodged an official complaint to the e- European Union Competitions Commission regarding Formula One's governance and payment structure. Um, They're citing financial bias by F1 owner CVC Capital towards the five biggest teams, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren, and Williams. A statement from Force India read, Sahara Force India is one of two teams to have registered a complaint with the EU questioning the governance of Formula One and showing the system of dividing revenues and determining how Formula One rules are set is both unfair and unlawful. Due to the ongoing legal discussions, it would be inappropriate to comment further at this time, which didn't really stop old Bernie from commenting further. Uh,
1: (laughs) Nothing ever does.
0: Bernie's argument at this point, and I think he's right, was the team signed this Sauber and Force India, as part of taking part in Formula One, they knew what the structure was like, and they signed the agreement. And if they didn't like it, they didn't have to sign it. And there's a yes and a no to that. Yes, they knew what this was going into it. I agree with that hundred percent, but on the other side, it's not like they had a choice and not like they had an avenue or a or a way to change that. No. you know what could they have, your your only other option was, all right, I guess we'll go run in g p two.
1: I know Be, I mean, <laughs> it,
0: it was a take it or leave it deal that that's yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's hard to say. If your choices are A or A, oh, you chose A, so now you have to be happy with A. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. But that's Bernie logic. Yeah.
0: So we got word this week. We knew this. there was a rumor flying around that negotiations were happening. Mm-hmm. We got word this week that officially Manor Marusha will be running Mercedes engines next year which jives very well with the announcement that we got, what was it, two weeks ago that Manor wasn't going to be releasing a 2015 car. And it, rumors were flying that Manor was in negotiation for the Mercedes engines. There's more. They also, not just Mercedes engines, but they'll be getting transmission and suspension from Williams. Oh, nice combination. Yep. And um, apparently there's they will also be getting fluids from... Mercedes-sponsor Patronus.
1: Ooh. I'm so excited to know who their fluid provider <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> no,
1: can I tell you what I found out?
0: What did you find out?
1: It looks like Whirlin mm-hmm. is going to be driving for Manor next year. Now, it's not set in stone. It's not look in your eye, shake your hand, Ron Dennis level of, <laughs> of positiveness. But... That is the conversation, and that's one of the reasons why this whole, all of those dominoes have started to fall into place is Mercedes and their young driver program yeah. needs a spot for Whirlin, and Whirlin is going to drive. The thought is Whirlin will drive for Manor because Rossberg's contract is up at the end of next year, and I'm not entirely sure he's going to want to continue to play to, number two to Lewis, and maybe he might be looking to go someplace else.
0: That could be interesting if he moved to Ferrari.
1: Kimmy's seat, particularly.
0: Two Germans driving for two Italians. For an, Italian, Italians. Team. <laughs> for an <laughs> Italian team. Um, which I don't think has actually been the first time that's happened over at Ferrari. Th- the question I have is whose seat at Marussia is he going to take? That I think is up in the
1: air. They haven't talked about which one it would be. If you look at just sheer. Uh, ending ranking as to who's out score, uh, out ranking who, mm-hmm. they would drop Mary and keep um, Will Stevens. But that doesn't mean, because we know traditionally that backmarker team, they tend to take on new drivers every year. Yeah, but
0: they've also dropped off Mary, and right now Have they're Rossi. running Rossi. Rossi, who has also been... He's been very strong in GP two, mm-hmm. and in his two races, he has been beat. He, he's been finishing higher than Stevens, right? Which would give you the impression that Rossi is the stronger driver and the driver to keep. Rossi also has more Formula One time. Well, he's never. Th- this is his first time actually. Racing, I believe he's done a few young driver tests and practice sessions. So he's got some time in the sport, mm-hmm. At just not at the, the same level running the cars as much as, as Stevens has. I don't think Stevens has done any Formula One racing until his first race with Caterham last year.
1: Well, and that's the thing, is those backmarker teams, it's not un- unheard of for them mm-hmm. to change full driver lineups every year. So... It wouldn't be weird to pick up Rossi and Whirlin, but they need a spot for Whirlin, particularly.
0: Well, this could have some very interesting effects on Manner. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that at the very least, especially if there's some uncertainty as to what engines that they will be getting, as to whether or not they'll be getting the 2015 spec engines or the 2016 spec engines— Um, I'm suspecting they're going to get the 2016. That's what people are leaning towards is that unlike this year where they got last year's engines, they will be getting current year engines. They may be a a software revision or two behind Mm -hmm. just like Williams is and just like Lotus has been. But if that's the case, we could theoretically see at least the gap between Manor and the the 10th place teams narrow.
1: Well, you could do that. The question is going to be, does this mean that they would have more funds in their pocket to be able to do things like swap out the wings for the greater downforce races, um, the ones that they need less of that so mm-hmm. they can have the smaller wing or do they have to still have the, you know, are they going to have the money for those things to be able to to upgrade some of the other parts? Because we know, because we are experts in all things.
0: The internet says so. if you see it on the internet it
1: must be true we know that i can put the fastest engine i that is manufactured in this world inside of vw golf and it's still not going to go around an f1 track all that fast
0: (laughs) well well, it's the not as fast as
1: as a mercedes with lewis hamilton driving yeah the the reality is it is a marriage between the engine and the aerodynamics and the, you know, the transmission and the suspension and all of those things. Having the great parts is great, but I'm not hearing a whole lot about their aero kit. So, you know, are they picking Adrian Newey's pocket maybe for some extra, you know, drawings on the back of a napkin?
0: I don't think it'd be Newey, but... Um... Patty Lowe. Somebody
1: yeah. needs to give them, drop a napkin with I, some specs yeah. on it for them.
0: I, I've got to assume that more than just as an incubator for driver talent, Mercedes is going to use it as an incubator for engineering talent as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you've got to develop those folks somewhere. And yes, you can bring them through GP2 to a point, but the only way to really get experience in F1 is to get your hands in F1. So, that may, there may be some of it too, is that there's going to be a degree of technical expertise that will be in, in the terms of brain power that may get shared down there as well, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know.
1: I completely agree with you. I think that it's going to become a test bed team for them, which I think is awesome. And I believe they are changing their name to Manor Mercedes.
0: I did not hear that.
1: That's what they're being referred to as in the articles, but I don't know for sure if they're dropping the Marusha.
0: I don't think that Marusha, well, as a car company, because Marusha was actually a Russian car company that produced, my understanding was a couple of concepts, but never actually produced a a production car. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Marusha actually managed to produce really any money for them anymore. Once the whole car business dissolved.
1: So they may be picking up the Manor Mercedes concept.
0: I don't know. They might be.
1: hmm I don't know. Watch this space. We'll probably re- circle back to it about nine times. Yeah, probably just for now.
0: Um so we got word about the, the count. Cal- there's been some changes to the calendar for next year. Yes. As of right now it is still a twenty one race calendar. Mm-hmm. Um as of right now, Azerbaijan is still on the calendar. hmm Yeah, well, we're seeing the same renders of cars running around in front of some castle somewhere. That's <laughs> Azerbaijan. Which, by the way, I look at those renders, and all I can think of is they took a screenshot from Mario Kart racing on the Wii and put Formula One cars in <laughs>
1: That's all I can think of when I see these
0: cars in front of this this castle. <laughs> you know, one of them's got Luigi and the other's got King Koopa and, and he's throwing tortoise shells at the other drivers. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing.
1: There's stars. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and mushrooms. And there's
0: a little jump every so often. <laughs> and that, that would improve star. the show. Yeah, it would improve the show. <laughs> Can you just see
1: Kimmy out there with? I have these like mushroom balls or something. I'm supposed to throw at people. Um,
0: you want me to do what now? (laughs) Now there were no asterisks though next to any race so far.
1: I noticed that.
0: Which you know we had been hearing that Hockenheim may be tentative. That it didn't look like that there was going to happen. But Hockenheim appears to be confirmed for next year.
1: Well, what I don't know is if by them saying that the whole calendar is still provisional, if they have not gone in and done asterisks because the basically there's a giant asterisk on everything, or if the um, if everything is confirmed. But they haven't said it's confirmed calendar yet, so we may just be looking at the fact that the asterisk is over every everything. And did you happen to mention that it's going to start in March?
0: I did not. Um, Actually, they have moved uh, the the season opener in, in Australia up two weeks now.
1: Which is two weeks less development time, guys.
0: Yeah, not good for... A lot of the teams, especially you know those teams that are looking at getting new engines,
1: <laughs> that 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 team, that that colored inter- energy drink team, that doesn't actually have an engine right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know Christian Horner had mentioned in Singapore that uh, it was getting kind of tight, and I'm sure losing two weeks is not going to help that at all. The other notice or, or, or notable piece about this change in this new calendar is that with Azerbaijan, that is the same weekend as Le Mans. Formula One has traditionally worked to avoid conflicting with Le Mans, and as a result of conflicting with Le Mans, Nico Hulkenberg has already come out and said he will not be competing in Le Mans this year. Oh! After winning it last year? He... It's either go drive for Force India in Azerbaijan or go do the 24 Hours of Mans. Something had to give.
1: Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Maybe it'll fall off the calendar and he can still do both. Can I hope?
0: (laughs) Can I hope? Well, you know, you got to, again, bringing out the conspiracy theories, you've got to kind of wonder if that was done intentionally to— Stem the tide of Formula One drivers looking to jump over to to Le Mans for a weekend and then come back over to Formula One.
1: Mm, There's that.
0: And head that off a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I miss the days when drivers were racing drivers and they got in the car to drive a race because that's what was going on this weekend and they could drive all these different things. They weren't strictly a Formula One driver. Now, mind you, it did cause tragedy.
0: But it also looks like we will be traveling for Monaco this year. Oh. Because Monaco will be May 26th to the 29th. Yep. So we'll see how we pull that one off.
1: It's going to be Monaco or Canada. I mean, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the last bit of news we had thought, and we have been, we've, mentioned how well we thought things were going and how much we liked the changes that were happening but we had thought that silverstone was in a good place financially Mm -hmm. and was secure and doing well um
1: no we didn't we did not think that Okay. That's okay. So they they hired the new manager. Yes. This past year, specifically because things weren't going
0: well. Well, yes, but it sounded and like they, he they were was,
1: starting to make. He was changes. turning
0: turn things around. Um, they had really good attendance at this year's Grand Prix. It, it sounded like things were looking very good for the race and for the circuit. Okay. How's that?
1: That's much better.
0: Okay. It turns out they're still struggling. Mm. Um, to the point that um they needed to get permission from Bernie to place its payment for the 2016 British Grand Prix on hold on hold yeah they they were working with uh some well the bankers of the circuit to extend a line of credit that will at least allow them to meet Bernie's escalator payment uh cuz every year i think the 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 cost of hosting a race goes up about 5%, um, that would allow them to meet that 5% increase next year so that they could hold the race. Wow. Bernie is rather ticked at the circuit, Mm. despite doing this. Um, His argument... um, Where is it? Eccleston has pointed an accusing finger at the BRDC, which is the British Racing Drivers Club, um, that today hosts its annual... um, well, it it hosts the race, uh, as the root cause for the problems that linger today. He says, it really started with the BRDC. I negotiated them out of a contract a long time ago and got them quite a lot of money. They were going to spend building all that on the pit complex. That was the idea. But they spent it on building a new BRDC clubhouse and a massive car park for the members. I can't believe they spent 20 million pounds. The people running it now are stuck with the things the BRDC agreed upon, and that's how it is. Ouch. So he lays this squarely at the feet of the BRDC.
1: Well, if they did if they did what he's claiming, then that 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 may be the case. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but if, you're, yeah. if you're struggling and you need a new pit complex, you don't build a clubhouse. I mean, come on.
0: Well, it's part of, I think, the hosting and marketing. I think the best way to view the BRDC complex, the the, the clubhouse and, and, and all of that stuff, is like the skyboxes at a football stadium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: BRDC sells access to those facilities. That is not exclusive just to the British drivers. Ah. Or at least not that, not that I have seen. But you've got to have some big money and you've got to know the right people to get your foot in the door into that clubhouse for GP weekend.
1: Well, that makes sense. But still, I mean, I go back and forth. I mean, I think Silverstone is trying to do the right things today, but they're going to have to make up for and try to figure out how to fix the problems that they inherited.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's
1: no different than that little racetrack that we were at not too long ago. Mm -hmm. While they're trying to do the right things now, they inherited a bunch of problems. And so they've got to figure out how to overcome them. And fortunately for the little track, they're not having to deal with Bernie, who's still saying, give me money, give me money.
0: Well, they're not, but they're also not hosting any significant events either. Right. And if they were going to, they would need to make some significant improvements to that track. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of this week's news. Um, the next two weeks are going to be a little dicey for us. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to describe it. Yes, I texted
1: next w- somebody today telling them about what's going on for the next couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. I said, you know what it's like? It's always this way at the <laughs> Shea Bloke and the burn."
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Next week, I am traveling, and we'll be getting back late enough that combine that with when coverage will get stacked for the races. I don't know if we're going to have time to record a show. We will try.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, the week after that, odds are we will not be doing a show because um, it turns out I apparently need to go to Ecuador.
1: I'm still baffled by that, but Okay.
0: I I need to go make sure the equator's still there. That's it.
1: <laughs> You've crossed the equator before. You don't need to do it again. I just have to make sure it hasn't moved. Are you taking a tape measure to yes. measure it? Yes. What are you measuring from? The magnetic north or the actual north?
0: The actual north, because magnetic north moves. Okay. It changes position. You what don't want to go and, and get too, you know, nailed down to that one.
1: Okay, so do you have to go to the North Pole to attach the other end of your tape measure first?
0: No, we're sending an intern to do that. <laughs> oh, <No>, good. <laughs> 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 are,
1: are, are you giving them a way to get back from the North Pole, or do they have to go live with Santa?
0: It, it's going to depend on which intern goes. Oh if we like them they get it they get the return trip. If we don't like them, it's a one way the, ticket.
1: They're going to go become an elf for Santa. Yes.
0: So on that note <laughs>
1: We gotta call this a show.
0: Yep. Remember you can find us over on iTunes, leave us a review if you you would please do so and tell us how much you like it tell your friends tell your family subscribe their machines to our <laughs> your, their itunes to the show without them knowing about it and let them discover this as a happy surprise
1: tell everybody you know even people on the street yeah um and hopefully the other happy surprises you could have is whether or not there'll be a show
0: in the next two weeks Well, there you go <laughs> and on that note we'll call it a show